Hey everybody and welcome to episode 120 of How I Built It. Today, my guest is James Kemp of Iconic. James has built a fantastic plugins business selling WooCommerce extensions and he's doing incredibly well. And he offers us a ton of great advice in this episode. We talk about all sorts of things like how he comes up with ideas and even gives us a fantastic tip on how to validate those ideas relatively easily. Uh, we looked at his research into choosing Freemius to sell his plugins, and we got pretty deep into some development territory for how he builds his plugins. He also has some great plans for the future. He talks about live chat and a whole bunch of other stuff that I don't want to spoil. So uh, I think we should just get into the interview. Uh, of course, that is after a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Plesk. Do you spend too much time doing server admin work and not enough time building websites? Plesk helps you manage servers, websites, and customers in one dashboard helping you do those tasks up to 10 times faster than manually coding everything. And let me tell you, I recently checked out their new and improved WordPress toolkit, and I was super impressed by how easy it was to spin up new WordPress sites, clone sites, and even manage multiple updates to themes and plugins. With the click of one button, I was able to update all of my WordPress sites. I was, again, incredibly impressed by how great their WordPress toolkit is. You can learn more and try Plesk for free at plesk.com build. That's plesk.com build. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Castos. Castos is a podcast hosting platform built specifically for WordPress. Their seriously simple podcasting plugin lets you manage all of your episodes and podcast RSS right from your WordPress site but have your files hosted on a dedicated media hosting platform. If you use WordPress, this is by far the easiest platform that I have used for podcasting. I also really love how the Castos team takes a common sense approach to their pricing. You can create as many episodes and podcasts as you want, and you don't have to worry about how much storage you're using or bandwidth restrictions. And if you're like me and you already have a ton of episodes from an old host, they've got you covered. Castos will import all of your podcast content into their platform completely free of charge. It's literally one click of a button in your WordPress dashboard. I could not believe my eyes when I saw this in action. And it's stuff like this, which is why I built my own podcasting course on top of Castos. And they have put together a really special opportunity for the show today. You can get 50% off your first three months with the code BUILTIT19. That's B-U-I-L-T-I-T-1-9. Just head over to castos.com slash howibuiltit to learn more. That's castos.com slash howibuiltit. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of How I Built It, the podcast that asks, how did you build that? Today, my guest is James Kemp of Iconic WP. James, how are you? I'm great, thanks, Jay. How are you? I am fantastic, though it is. it has been raining a lot here on the east coast of the United States uh, as we enter the fall, uh, but that's okay. At least it's not oppressively hot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's not much different here, to be honest. So. 
Yeah. You're not, you're not missing out. Uh, awesome. Awesome. So I, uh, so before the show started, I asked if you were based in the UK, uh, what part specifically of the UK are you based in? Um, so I'm in the, the Midlands. Um, so pretty much as far from any coast as you could be gotcha. Uh, gotcha. in the UK. Yeah. So, so right in the middle. Cool. And I'm going to ask you uh, one question that is totally unrelated to anything, but uh, for my own edification, I think, and I think it's a fun thing that Americans mess up a whole lot. Uh, the United Kingdom is made up of uh, Britain, Great Britain, Scotland, and Northern Ireland. Is that right? Yeah, I Britain so. and Great Britain are two <laughs> different things, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe yeah. Britain is... No, I think you mean England and Great Britain. England and so Great England Britain. So England is just England. Great Britain yeah. is England and Scotland. And then the gotcha. UK is England, Scotland, and part of Ireland. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Cool. <laughs> it's always I watched like a seven-minute long video on that a while ago that I will link in the show notes. Uh, yeah, you probably know more than me, then. <laughs> that's good to know. For, for fairness, like if I barely know any, about anything that's like West of New York and Pennsylvania because that's where I've lived. <laughs> Everything's just the Midwest to me here in the United States. Um, yeah. But we're not here to talk about geography. We are here to talk about Iconic WP. So uh, just for some backstory, uh, James and I were connected thanks to uh, Vova Feldman and uh, the Freemius uh, Slack for people who use Freemius. Um, and he mentioned that I was looking for people for the show. James kindly reached out and volunteered. Uh, so why don't you tell us, James, a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah. Um, so as we mentioned, I'm James Kemp, uh, based in the UK. Um, and currently I build a lot of WooCommerce plugins um, under the name of Iconic. So I think I've got 11 or 12 uh, premium WooCommerce plugins that I sell via my website. Um as you mentioned, I, I kind of use Freemius to fulfill uh, those payments and also the licensing and, and uh, you know, subscriptions and things like that. Um, and yeah, currently that's that's what I do full time. So before that, I was uh, kind of working with clients, building websites, um, you know, building e-commerce sites using WooCommerce. Um, and that kind of led me down this path of of using WordPress and, and building plugins and software for WordPress. Nice, very nice. So I feel like that's a, maybe a, a good common path. People start doing freelance work and then try to move into the product space. It sounds like you've done it uh, successfully. Just looking at your website, uh, you have uh, you know a couple of really good uh, 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 testimonials from a friend of the show and personal friend of mine, Chris Lemma. Um, and it sounds like you, yeah, you really dig in on specializing with WooCommerce. Uh, so, um, as, so are you like a, a one man band, or do you have a team of people that you work with? Uh, it varies depending on workload, but in terms of the sort of you know building the core plugins and releasing new plugins, um, that's all me. But I do have. A couple of support people so I've got a, a guy who kind of handles frontline support um, and I've recently started working with another freemius user called Jose um, who's in the slack group as well 
and he's kind of helping out with a bit more of the technical support that I get through. Um, but yeah, in terms of actually building the plugins and coming up with the ideas and releasing the plugins, that's that's all on my shoulders. Cool, very cool. So uh, when we're talking about um, you know some of the plugins that you have, uh, I'll just mention some of the featured plugins on your website: uh, WooCommerce uh, Show Single Variations, Woo Thumbs for WooCommerce, WooCommerce Delivery Slots. Um, how did you? come up with the ideas or were these based on needs that you had for clients or, or customer requests or just ideas that you had? Uh, yeah, that's exactly it really. Um, so I guess it started, uh, WooThumbs that you mentioned there was actually my first plugin, um, for WooCommerce and it, it used to be under a different name, which was multiple images per variation, um, which was a, Bit of a mouthful, so I decided <laughs> to change it. <laughs> uh, and it kind of evolved from from that initial concept. But the concept was um, that you could have the ability to add more than one image to a product variation, which you can't do by default in WooCommerce. Uh, and that came about as a, as a request from a customer. Uh, I, I believe I, I was doing some sort of web work for them or you know, at least freelancing at that time, doing web work, and they approached me with the, with this request. Um, so, yeah, that, that initial plugin kind of came from that. Um, and as well, delivery slots that you mentioned um, was something that I built for one of our clients when we had a, a web agency. Um, so, yeah, they've all kind of evolved from, from client ideas or, uh, you know, if a customer comes to me and says, we really need a plugin that does this. If no. I feel like it's got legs, then it's something that I would I would do. Nice, very nice. And so, so actually, um, that's a, a great follow up question I had. I think was um, how how do you determine if it has legs? Uh, do you do some research to figure out you know is something already out there or something close or is this something that other people need? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I do do some research um, and there's a few ways you can go about it. So uh, one great thing about WooCommerce is that they they have an ideas board. Um, so people will go there and post ideas of stuff that they're looking for. And you can kind of gauge how popular that idea is by how many votes it's got. Um, so that's that's a good initial way to validate uh, an idea. Um, and another thing is just based on the number of people that ask me for the same thing. Um, you get that quite a lot where, where people kind of ask for the same thing in slightly different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of build up this idea of, of a product from that. Um, I mean, I have, I have a massive list of stuff that I could build and don't have the time to. So there's there's plenty of stuff that I don't build out. Um, and my my next product is actually going to be a wish list, um, which obviously has quite a bit of competition. Uh, but through my experience, I know that customers quite often like to have all of their software from the same company. Mm. Um, and if they know that they can trust that company um, and they get good support from that company, then they're going to come back and they're going to want, you know, more products that might already exist. Gotcha. So two really great 
pieces of advice there. Uh, the WooCommerce Ideas Board, something I had no idea existed. Uh, I will make sure to link that in the show notes because, as as you said, James, that is a great way to validate an idea initially. Um, people are probably posting there and asking for it, and it's definitely not going to be in WooCommerce if it's got some amount of votes, right? Yeah, exactly. And you can also see, um, you know, if the people at WooCommerce are actually planning to implement that into WooCommerce, um, you know, to avoid wasting a load of time working on something that that is then going to be added anyway. Yeah, totally. Right. I mean, we've all seen at least situations where some marketplace plugin or or app in the Apple App Store, for example, uh, basically uh, gets implemented into iOS or into to whatever the core version uh, they're working with is, right? So Jetpack maybe uh, introduces features that were once a standalone plugin or iOS has a new sharing feature that just like kills an app or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And it has happened to me um, <laughs> a few times, actually. Uh, I, had, I had a free plugin that added pagination to the WooCommerce shortcodes. So if you display like, you know, five products, you could add pagination to that. Um, and WooCommerce recently actually added uh, a pagination attribute for the shortcode. So you can just turn it on now. Fortunately, that was that was a free plugin. So it's not a massive deal breaker for me. Um, but there yeah. has been some scares uh, like WooThumbs, for example. Uh, WooCommerce released, I think it was earlier this year, maybe maybe late last year, um, they released uh, an updated image gallery, which kind of used a lot of the stuff that We Thumbs used, um, but it was still kind of restricted. So fortunately, We Thumbs still has a pretty solid place in the market. Nice. So have you thought about like what you would do if, one of your premium plugins just like wholesale got built into native WooCommerce. Like, would you shut it down or on like tell people like, Hey, we're, we're not going to support this anymore because it's native or would you keep supporting it? Uh, it kind of depends really. Um, <clears throat> if I feel like it still adds some kind of value to people and to the customers that use it, um, then I would continue to support it, of course. Um, if whatever WooCommerce implement is pretty much exactly the same or better than what I'm offering, then it kind of feels right to stop working on that plugin um, and, you know, just kind of leave it leave it at that. I mean, the customers that have used it will have, will have got their use from it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and you'd hope that they'd see the value in in what they've already used. Um, but yeah, you'd kind of just have to do it based on how how they implement it, I guess. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And last question around this topic uh, is: is I thought about this, and I should make clear that I there's no evidence that this actually happens. Um, but you know there are features that get released into the core of open source projects that are strikingly similar to plugins. Do you ever worry like about that? Like since we live and work in an open source world, like you know the core the 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 core 
plugin or the core product, and I won't name names to avoid drama, I guess, uh, could just kind of take that and put that code right into core? Uh, it is a bit of a worry. Um, and it did kind of feel like that when the WooFums update came out um, mm-hmm. because they used you know, exactly the same full screen uh, gallery that I was using in WooThumbs and had been using for a while. Um, they definitely didn't take my code, mm-hmm. but I feel like they might have got a bit of inspiration from it, which is kind yeah. of flattering in a way. Um, <laughs> I, I don't believe that they would take my code and, and just drop it straight into core. Um, you know, I speak to Mike Jolly uh, sometimes, who kind of runs the show. Um, and I also contribute to Core myself. And I feel like if if they did think oh, this plugin would be great in Core, that they would approach me. And I think they would. Although yeah, absolutely. And, and could I mean, start as a <laughs> as a fork yeah. of something else. So you never know. Right, right. And I mean that is their track record. Again, like this is just like so, like some deep seated fear in the back of my mind because I want to get into premium plugin land, but uh, it. Traditionally, with with automatic WordPress, WooCommerce, when they've seen something they like, they generally have gone out and bought. If there's something that works exactly like it, they'll buy. Or they'll try to buy that first. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know they they would do that, and I think they would respect the the sort of open source nature of it all. I think the thing to worry about, or maybe not worry about, but to think about, is that um, because it's a, a derivative product of WordPress that it, it also has to have the GPL license. Mm-hmm. So someone could, you know, legally take the plugin and, and redistribute it. Um, and they do, you know, there is places where you can download it for free. Um, but I think the value that that I add and that my team adds is, is the kind of level of support that you're going to receive, um, you know, the continuous updates that you're going to get and just knowing how the product works and how it can benefit people from from its inception um kind of give me the one up on on those kind of worries this episode is brought to you by pantheon starting a new project looking for a better hosting platform pantheon is an integrated set of tools to build launch and run websites get high performance hosting for your wordpress sites plus a comprehensive toolkit to supercharge your team and help you launch faster. On Pantheon, you get expert support from real developers, best-in-class security, and the most innovative technology to host and manage your websites. You can sign up a new site in minutes with a free account. You only pay when it goes live. That is my second favorite feature to Pantheon, only to the easy ability to create dev staging and live servers and push to GitHub. It's very easy to set those things up on Pantheon. So you can head over to pantheon.io today, again, to set up a free account. Pay only when it goes live. Thanks so much to Pantheon for their support of this episode and this season of How I Built It. And you mentioned that specifically with uh, your the new product that you're working on. Uh, customers like to have software from a company that they trust, so they try to buy software from the same company. I thought that was really great insight. I, I sell online courses, and I think, why should I make this course 
if somebody else has already made if it exists on Udemy or on lynda.com or whatever. But, uh, you know, if, if people like my teaching style, they're going to want to get that course from me because of the way I approach and, and present the topic. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's one thing that you have that no one else has, is that you're you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, we're like halfway through the show and already like two fantastic pieces of advice. Uh, and because we're halfway through the show, I need to ask the title question. So uh, you have a shop full of plugins. Um, so maybe we can maybe focus in on, on uh, your Woo Thumbs or some other plugin maybe that you're working on right now. Uh, as I ask, how did you build it? Uh, and and do you, you know what's your developer workflow like and, and stuff like that? Yeah, um, we can kind of talk about them as a whole, really, um, mm-hmm. because I've, I've built it in a way, uh, especially recently, within the last kind of week, I've, I've kind of built out libraries that I can implement into all of the plugins. Um, I mean, t- so to start with, I would kind of build them one by one, and over time I've realized that in order to optimize my processes, I, I need to have a kind of process in place. Um, so all of my plugins are heavily reliant on uh, sort of package managers. So they all use Composer, um, which okay. is a PHP package manager, and that pulls in, um, it, well, for example, it pulls in the freemius code that I need to install in the plugin. Um, and I've just built out what I call core classes. Um, so I've got classes in all of my plugins that handle the settings pages, um, the license activation, uh, just some sort of helper methods that all of the plugins use, like checking if a plugin's active or not, uh, that kind of thing. So I've got this composer task that, that pulls in those libraries from my GitHub account, uh, or my Bitbucket account, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can host private Bitbucket repos uh, on Bitbucket, whereas I think you have to pay on GitHub. Yeah, and I think it's um, like a, a prohibitively expensive amount now for for private repos on GitHub. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I I, I always try and uh, reduce costs where I can. So mm-hmm. yeah, so Bitbucket's good. Although I do I do pay for Bitbucket um, as well for the pipelines. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I've got a composer task that pulls in those uh, files that I need. And then I use Gulp. So Gulp is actually, is probably an even bigger component to my plugins than Composer. Um, it does so much stuff that would take way too much time if I didn't use it. Um, so Gulp, I run a task called Gulp Depths, uh, short for dependencies. And that will copy the files from the composer folder. Um, it will rename the classes uh, that I use in all the plugins so that they're specific for that plugin. Um, and it will move those files into a a nice tidy folder so I don't have to commit or I don't have to release, you know, all of the composer files because you often get lot, a lot of stuff that you don't need. Um and by doing that, it means that each plugin is is sharing these libraries, but they're also kind of uh, they're independent because they're all renamed. So 
if I release an update for WooThumbs, for example, and someone's using um, delivery slots as well, I, I don't need to do any checking, um, you know, to see that that they're both using the latest version of the library. I can just know mm -hmm. that independently they run as well as they should be by themselves. Um, so Gulp, yeah, Gulp is a massive part. And I also have Gulp tasks that, you know, watch the SCSS, uh, compile the JavaScript. They actually create the final plugin zip and push it to Freemius um, via Gulp. So I can just run Gulp compile and Gulp deploy. Wow. Uh, and you can imagine, so before, probably like a year ago, I was doing most of this um, manually for every plugin. And you can imagine it, it it takes a lot of time. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, like even like renaming the classes for each plugin, right? Like generally when I start a plugin, I get the WordPress plugin boilerplate that Tom McFarland uh, yeah, originally yeah. released. And part of that is, you know, making sure that everything is renamed properly. Um, not having to do a find and replace to do that. And then essentially waiting for it to error out <laughs> in case you yeah. have a collision. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, even like creating the final zip and pushing it to Freemius automatically, like a big step in my podcast process is exporting from Audacity and then having to manually upload it to Libsyn, which is my audio host. And that mm. takes like, you know, I mean, it's like a couple of minutes, but it's a couple of minutes here and there to do this and a couple of minutes here and there to do that. It sounds like you're saving a huge amount of time by using just Gulp. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and also something for your show notes, uh, that that freemius deployment via Gulp is on the NPM uh, repository so anyone can use that nice yeah um, uh, but yeah I mean that that saves you know ridiculous amount of time awesome uh, so we actually didn't touch on freemius uh, which I would have liked to ask during the research kind of phase um, what made you use freemius did you look at other options I mean you're a WooCommerce developer so uh, naturally I would imagine you looked at WooCommerce but I did, yeah. I looked at a few options. Um, like you say, WooCommerce, easy digital downloads, mm -hmm. uh, Paddle. Uh, I think I looked at Fastspring for a little while um, and Freemius. Um, so the issue I was facing is being in the EU, basically. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what it's like over there, but if we sell a digital product to a European country, we have to pay their tax mm -hmm. um, or charge their tax and then pay it to that country um, using a system called VAT MOS, which is a massive headache to manage. So primarily I was looking for a system that would kind of handle that VAT stuff for me. Uh, even down to just charging VAT, like I'm, I'm not VAT registered. So, um, you know, at the time when I was looking, I was making $4,000 a month, um, which isn't enough to be registered for VAT anyway. So it, it wasn't worth me doing that oh. uh, and going through the hassle of doing that. So I was looking for a system that would do that for me, um, which 
WooCommerce and easy digital downloads don't, which is why they were ruled out. Okay. Um, you know, if I went with them, I would have to basically have a good accountant because I, I don't want to be doing that stuff myself. Um, so, yeah, I, I looked at Freemius and Paddle, my, my kind of last two options. Uh, and Freemius just seemed to make sense because of how kind of intertwined with WordPress it is. Um, you know, on top of handling the VAT stuff for me, they would offer me subscription payments, um, actual deployment processes, you know, managing customer licenses and things like that. So it was all contained within this one package that that I wouldn't have had if I used Paddle, for example. Gotcha. So with Freemius, I mean, basically you sign up for Freemius, they take a cut of your sales. That's on a essentially degrading scale, right? The more sales you make, the smaller percentage they end up taking. Um, right, yeah. And you deploy to Freemius, they handle the software licenses. If you upload an updated version of the plugin, they do they push it out automatically as well? Um, so my deployment process, when you, when you run it, um, it will upload it to them. Mm-hmm. And then it gives you a link in, in the terminal that you click and it takes you to the Freemius dashboard where you can then kind of publish it. Um, and when you publish it, it, it pushes it through to the WordPress update mechanism. So, you know, just be the same as updating any plugin in, in WordPress. Awesome. Yeah. So you don't have to be like, hey, plugins updated, come download the new version here or whatever. It just no, gets exactly. pushed out. Yeah. Uh, cool, which, yeah. which I was I was using Code Canyon before this, um, mm-hmm. and and that was the kind of mechanism for Code Canyon where they just send out an email saying you know there's an update available. Yeah, then, yeah, you know. absolutely. So uh, that's that's fantastic. I mean, you know, Freemius is probably the the lead contender for me as I get into this because there are certain things I want to focus on and building the infrastructure to sell premium plugins is not part of that. Uh, And as well, I'm not an accountant. I sell online courses and I've definitely sold to uh, countries that require VAT. And I don't know, I haven't charged extra for it. So I might get, I don't know if I'm going to get hit. I have to talk (laughs) to my accountant about that. But uh, yeah, so I mean, something that just handles all of that for me sounds fantastic. Well, exactly. And you've got, you know, the, the Freemius team behind you as well. Um, if you feel there's something missing, just drop them a message. And, you know, if, if they feel like it's a good idea, they'll, they'll implement it. And they're very responsive as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in a previous episode, I, I talked to Vova Feldman, who's the founder of Freemius. So I will link to that episode in the, the show notes as well. And you can hear all about how Freemius was built. Great. Cool. Uh, so as we approach time here, uh, I know that you mentioned that you're working on a few things. Uh, wh- what are your plans for the future as far as uh, Iconic WP goes? So what I'd like to do is expand the plugin collection. Um, like I said, I'm building out a wish list plugin uh, and I've got, like I said before as well, a, a big list of plugins that I want to build. Um, so I want to expand the collection. I want to just keep bringing value to the customers that use me currently and, 
and that might use me in the future. Um, and then on top of that, I want to have another developer or two that work with me on the plugins, um, you know, more outside of a, a support role, but, you know, as part of the core uh, team that actually builds out these plugins and, and comes up with ideas and releases them. Um, so that eventually, as a, as a WooCommerce store owner, you could you could cover off most bases by just using Iconic. Nice. That sounds awesome. Uh, so I have a couple of follow-up questions on that. Because again, these are things that I think about. They're like these mental hurdles for me uh, because I am a developer. I have a bunch of plugins that I could probably make premium. But uh, as you expand your plugin collection, uh, what does support look like? Um, you know, Do you find that there's like, if I add X plugin support requests will increase by Y or something like that? Um, I mean, I don't have any particular equation <laughs> that works out how much support I'm going to get. Um, but yeah, it, it, it will naturally increase as, as the plugins increase, but so will sales, uh, which, you know, gives me more money to pay a technical support person um, you know, up until a few weeks ago, I was doing all of the technical support and it was taking up pretty much all of my time, um, which was good and bad. It was good because I, I was able to see which bugs were there and, you know, you could, you could constantly be fixing these bugs in the plugins uh, and pushing out updates, but you do start to focus on the top selling plugins and the ones that aren't selling as much or, you know, don't have as many support requests kind of fall behind. Um, I had some that hadn't been updated for 10 months that I've just mm. updated now. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it came to the point where I needed to have someone else on technical support in order for me to make sure that everything's working as well as it should be. And, you know, that the company is running as well as it should be and that I've got time to to push out more plugins. Um, so I think it is something that's going to come naturally is as I release more plugins, I'll need more technical support. Um, and, you know, over time, should hopefully need another developer on it full-time rather than just support. Um, but it's at the moment, it's just kind of a, a do it and, and see. Cool. Well, I, I wish you a lot of luck with that. Uh, do you do you use some tool like Help Scout to manage support yes. requests? Help Scout. Nice. That's uh, Help Scout was top of mind because that's the one that it's very popular in the WordPress community. I think, uh, and yeah, it's the one I yeah, hear about the most. Help Scout's cool. great. Um, also, Freemius integrates with it, so you can see the the status of their license in the sidebar. Oh, wow. Um, and I also use Drift for live chat on my product pages, um, which is pretty good as a, a pre-sales tool. You do get people that come on asking for support, mm-hmm. um, which is okay, but it's just me on Drift at the moment, so it can be quite distracting, I find. Sure. Um, and I also use Help Scout Docs for all of my documentation. Oh, Awesome. Uh, cool. So last question on here before I get to my favorite question. Uh, 
I've been hearing a lot that live chat can help increase sales. Uh, have you found that to be like, have you found drift to be a really good, I mean, you mentioned it's good for pre-sale, but have you noticed a, like, an uptick in sales because of it? Yeah, hundred um, percent. I I think I don't have any stats to back it up, but I, I know from the conversations I've had that if there wasn't a live chat there, I think a lot of the people I speak to would just uh, think, oh, this plugin doesn't do what I need. I'll go find another one. Whereas if you've got live chat there, they can just ask the question and you can give them an answer straight away. Um, And a lot of the time, you know, the plugin might do something that, that they didn't realize that it did based on your landing page. Uh, And that kind of gives you, actionable things to to do based on that because you can you can convince them that it does do what they need and then you also know that you maybe need to update your landing page to include that information ah that's another great tip i think right after this i'm going to go install drift on my website (laughs) uh awesome well you've given us tons of great advice already but i I do want to ask do you have any trade secrets for us any trade secrets? Um, I mean, for me, it's it's all about persistence. Um, I I started or well, my first WooCommerce plugin, WooThumbs, was built in two thousand and eleven. Wow! Um, so it's been around a long time. It was the first of its kind, um, and in my opinion, still the best. No. Um, but yeah, it's 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 taken a while to get to where I am now. So, you know, now now I'm running this business full time. Um, my wife's on maternity, so it's it's our only income, uh, and it's it's good. It gives me the freedom to to do what I want, to work when I want, uh, to not work when I want, um, and it's just it's all been about persistence. So within you know those years, I've. I've had other jobs. I've run a, a web agency, um, and this has always been kind of a side project for me uh, until kind of the beginning of 2016, where I started to focus on it full time. And I think if you can get to the stage where you can focus on it full time, um, you know, just keep pushing, keep iterating, um, trying different things. You know, using uh, Google Optimize to to run A/B tests and things like that, and just really push what you're doing with the product and and try and just increase conversions. And I think most importantly, listen to customers, speak to customers, communicate with customers, and just find out you know what they need, how they found you, um, and you know what you could do to make your offerings better for them. That's probably quite a lot of stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but lots of, I mean, lots of really great advice. Uh, So uh, definitely everybody, uh, I mean, heed that advice, you know, um, keep pushing. It's, I think a lot of people feel like I'll just start my own business. It's online, so it's easier, but it's not easy by any stretch. Uh, And listening to your customers, what they, what they need and how, how they found you. That's something I've been hearing Again, a lot lately, talk to your customers, maybe even have real phone conversations or person-to-person conversations with them when you can, because it will unlock a gold mine of information for you to help you with your business. Definitely, yeah. If you can get on the phone, 
um, you can get a lot more information than you can via email. Um, so that is that is a great way to do it. Um, yeah, I think That's the great. other thing is as well. I I, I think you're never going to feel like you're finished. You know, there's there's always more to do, and I think you're always going to think um, I should be doing better than I'm doing now. You know, there's there's always going to be people that are that are the kind of one offs in the industry that are just doing amazingly, and mm-hmm. you don't have to be them. You just have to be as good as you can be, uh, and just know that you know what you're doing is working. That is, those are words to live by. I don't think they need, I think you said it the best way possible. So James, thanks so much for joining me today. Where can people find you? Uh, so you can find my website, iconicwp.com. Uh, I've also got Twitter, iconicwp, or my personal one is James C. Kemp. Um, and yeah, just just Google my name and there should be some stuff. Nice. Well, I will include all of that in the show notes. Uh, James, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Joe. It's great. Thanks so much to James for joining me today. I really loved his advice about using the WooCommerce Ideas Board as a great way to initially validate your idea. He talked a bit about Drift uh, and how he saw an uptick in sales after integrating live chat. This is something that I've thought about doing for a while and I just for whatever reason either I wasn't convinced or I'm suspect of the performance hit my website will take I just haven't done it yet perhaps I will do it now with James advice uh, I also love I mean he has a bunch of trade secrets from persistence to uh, a B testing uh, but I like what he said about you're never gonna feel like you finished and I think that is a great advice for you to go and actually launch because if you always wait until you feel like you're finished you're never going to launch my question of the week for you is do you use live chat on your website or did this episode convince you to use live chat on your website let me know by sending me an email joe at howibuilt.it or on twitter at jcasabona So now I want to continue my story, my little mini series on how I built uh, my podcasting course. And over the last two weeks, we talked about research and the research I did or really didn't do and how I evolved that process and how I'm evolving the course. So over the next few weeks, I want to tell you about how I built it. I want to answer the title question, how did I build this course? And I'm breaking it up into how I actually built the course itself and how I built the tech stack on on top of which the course is made. So let's start with how I built the course. As you know from listening in previous episodes, the first iteration of the course, I made a very cognizant decision to only focus on building the podcast website. And because of that and how that kind of shaped my outline, I, uh, I, well, I created an outline for the course and I decided to build out a full website step by step. All of my courses are learn by doing. So in that first iteration of the course, 
We don't go over things like recording or choosing gear. I've assumed that you've done those things already and now you're ready to put your website online. So we start with things like choosing a domain and choosing website hosting, installing WordPress. And each, each section of the course uh, has a specific goal in mind that builds towards the overall goal of the course, which is to launch a website and submit your, your podcast to iTunes. And so my general course building process is write an outline, refine that outline, and then come up with a goal for each lesson that builds towards the overall goal of the course. And I wanted to do some value adds in this course, right? Anybody, I shouldn't say anybody can figure out, but there's a lot of resources out there on how to set up just a simple website, a simple WordPress website. But I wanted to deliver a bunch of value in this course, like why do we need a separate website for our podcast? I answer that question. Uh, How do I evaluate audio hosts? How do I know what plugin to use for podcasts? What theme should I use? And how do I submit my podcast to Apple Podcasts? That's That's a common question. And I want to show you exactly how we do it with the website we just built. I also show people who take the course how to submit it to other directories as well. Apple Podcasts gets the lion's share of the publicity, but there are several other directories out there that are worth submitting to. And in this course, we submit to all of them. So that's that's where I want to leave this conversation. But I will say that uh, in my research and feedback, I made a pretty bad decision in not showing the entire podcast process. So next week, we'll talk about how I'm revamping the course and how I'm rebuilding the course to build around the website, but give users or students a more full picture of starting a new podcast from scratch. So that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please uh, give me a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps people discover the show. If you have any questions, feel free to write in joe at howibuilt.it or at jcasabona. And until next time, get out there and build something.